is The Hill. Talking Rugby League with Sam Perry and Tim Sparks. Well, hello and welcome to Vlandy's World. We're talking draws, hubs, Jimmy Hooper's involved, good clubs aren't on Channel 9 or something. Are You Interested is going to be pretty strange. Spark's going to talk about his top five most disgraceful moments at Balmain Leagues. We have an origin theme to what could have been. It's not really what could have been because it literally couldn't have happened, but nevertheless. Um, but Sparks, let's start. This is a shorter intro because I want to crack on with this. Sparks, let's let's start with the real whistleblowers, the refs so who have blown the whistle, uh, you know, for, for a century, you know, until this point, but now they're blowing it off the field. Um, so the way I see it, and I want your view on this because you watch the programs, as, as we know. In fact, the top segment can be called the programs, I think, from now. Uh, Vlandis wants one thing. The Fair Work Commission seems to say... You probably can't have that. Why are we on Vlandy's side? Well, hi, mate, and hi to the listeners. Good to be here. Why are we on Vlandy's side? Well, you know, all jokes aside, just for a second, I'm just going to put our jokes and everything just to the side, just for one, just for one second, not forever. Well, every he's pretty much getting everything right. You know, uh, the game's going ahead. It's going forward. We're getting down to one referee, which is what we want. Uh, there's talks of daytime grand finals coming back. Something else we all want. There's talks of reducing the interchange down to six. Again, to make it a bit more free-flowing. He's taking the game back to 1994, Pezza. It's what you want. It's what I want. It's what we all want. So, I've, I've you know, I've come around to it. I'm, I'm getting behind him. I'm behind Volandis. Jesus. Yep. So you're a, you're a, yeah, good. So you're an... Was you're it, an ends justify the means kind of guy. Uh, not traditionally, but in this sense, in this case, it's, you know, he's, he's talking my language. My language is, you know, free-flowing footy, fatigue in the game, you know, bringing the interchange down, letting one bloke or woman go out there and just take charge of it. Take charge of it. Be consistent during the game. And be consistent across the whole year. No one's ever asked for that. Just be consistent during the game. Officiate the way you see it. Let the game flow. Let the player's skill decide uh, the outcome, and we'll all be fine. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm on board. I'm on board, Pezza. Um, you reckon the refs are being selfish, wanting their contracts enforced by law? No. No, they're not. But what's happening now, and it's happening in other areas of, the, of society with this... Please don't tell me everyone's taken a haircut. <laughs> That's not, I'm not, it's not the I'm same not saying thing. that. I'm saying things... <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying the going was good for a lot of people, you know, uh, in this life up until a couple of months ago. The going was good, particularly for people working rugby league. Yeah? Maybe not so much for the fan, you know, that, that, that paid to be part of the, 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 the game. But for the people within the game, the going was good. You know, executive salaries, you know, player salaries, coach salaries, referee salaries... They're high. You know what the referees were getting paid? Do you know what some of the referees were getting paid? No, I don't know. 250k a year to work for seven months. Okay? Now, I was alluding to what was happening outside of league and everything. Self-correction. Is it self-correction? Is that what... Or it's, you know, things are correcting themselves. The property market's about to correct itself. Uh, Referees' salaries are correcting themselves. Like, what, what, what world are we living in? What world are we living in where we can, you know, look each other in the eye and go, oh, yep, 
a referee that referees a game of footy on the weekend uh, should be paid two hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars a year uh, for working seven months. Now, hey, good luck to them. If if they can get that money, good luck to them. All good. But at some point, like anything in history, whether it be sport, politics, governments, military operations, whatever, they, it all comes to an end. All right, especially when, especially when, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's weighted um, the wrong way, and refs being paid that much is rated a, a lot the wrong way. So look, if if I was in their shoe, if I was in their shoe. Um, if I was in both of their shoes, I would be doing what they're doing, which is digging their shoes in, digging their heels in. But, I mean, ser- seriously. I feel like you're having it both ways a little bit there. So let me, um, what we're going to do is going to wrap in a few are, are you interested into this as well. So, All right, um, yeah. Are, are you interested? Um, the ref's official threatening to derail the NRL who offers Brazilians at his laser clinic by day. Uh, this is by James Hooper. Mm. Um, are you interested? Oh, look. Yeah. Are you interested? Not, well, I was interested enough to listen to it and understand a bit about uh, who the guy is. is it Silvio, is it? That's, that's his first name. I forget Meet Silvio Dovecchio. There you go. The chairman of Rugby League Match Officials Association who doubles as the owner of a laser, skin, uh, laser clinic specialising in Brazilian waxing, lip injections, double chin sculpting and full face skin needling. All good, medium. all good with the business. It's a good business. I, I'm happy with that. That side mm. of it, I, you know, why Hooper decided to bring that into it, I'm not sure. Uh, it's that's play on. Like that sounds like a decent business from from all reports. Those sorts of establishments, you know, bring in a fair bit of money. So it's probably a good businessman. Good luck. Well, is to there, him. Is there that's much cool. of a difference between like, okay, James Hooper's done a a, a colourful takedown of referees, um, a demonisation of referees. Um, in, in many ways, in this case, you know, based upon the side business that one bloke runs, or the actual main business this guy runs, main he's business, after the referees thought, yeah. here. Um, what, is, what does it matter that you believe referees um, have been overpaid to this point? I mean, they have contracts, they've secured them, they've been allowed them, and now it feels as though we're all expected to, and referees expected to essentially dump them on the basis that, they're a necessary evil anyway. They've they've been overpaid to this point, and um, you know it's not our problem anymore. I mean, I thought you're a man of the workers. You're a Springsteen man. No, I am. We addressed that last week. I'm not saying that, you know. But a guy getting paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars dollars isn't necessarily the working man, is he? But anyway, that's a different that's a different point. And beside that. I don't think they're actually losing their jobs anyway, apparently. It's the casual guys that are getting, um, and girls, women, uh, that are getting a decrease in hours. So I think there's, there's, I think there's 20-odd full-time referees, 22 perhaps, uh, employed by the NRL. You know, one's a, on the weekend, one's a, a lead referee, one's a pocket referee. The, guy, the people that were doing the pocket referees are now going to be touch judges. Like they're not actually losing their job so it's not it's not even about that it's more that they're losing power losing relevance i don't know i i, I don't know no i'm I, obviously I, I, i'm I not in the, i'm not in the meetings to, to, i think they're trying to exercise their rights under their contract yeah that's why it's going yeah, to well, work commission th- well that's fine um no worries but at the end of the day 
I still believe one referee is a better way to operate the game. It was a better way to operate it for about 100 years before, before 2009 or whenever they brought them in. And I think it'll be onwards and upwards from 2020 onwards. Extraordinary. Tell us about the draw, Sparks. That's an ex- that's an extraordinary stance on Peter Vlandis, um that, that you've taken. And, and let's just let that play out throughout the season. So tell us about the draw. Yeah, but hang on, just for one second. Like, When did I ever say that? I've always said that one referee was better. I've maintained this for the last 10 years. You, know? uh, you said you're on board with Vlandis. Uh, you're, you are, and I can see in your face about a week out from rugby league, <laughs> you are by hook or by crook cannot wait for this to start and if he's delivering the 1994 dream to you god damn however he actually gets it done whether it's legal or illegal if he puts that in front of you let's crack on well the draw as you as you mentioned uh released to i guess today was it today or yesterday i think it was today being a thursday uh for the next 18 rounds so I guess the big thing to come out of the draw, Pezza, was uh, the home grounds that the, the, the teams will be playing out of. So we're actually looking at six stadiums, uh, stadium hubs, uh, which was revealed yesterday. And this is basically based on, uh, on geography and location of the teams and where they'll play, but also uh, fitting the, the, the criteria of the biosecurity measures. Uh, right. So what we have, yeah. what we have uh, since you asked me, is we got um, the Eels, Bulldogs, Rabbits, Sharks and the Roosters playing out of Bank West. Uh, they're at Parramatta. We've got the Dragons, the Tigers, the Panthers, and the Raiders out at Campbelltown there. Uh, Central Coast Stadium, or Graham Park, as it used to be called, is hosted by, I guess, the Knights, Warriors, and the Seagulls. Uh, Suncorp, obviously, there at Brisbane, uh, is the Broncos and the Titans. And the Cowboys are getting to play that new Townsville Stadium called Queensland Country Bank Stadium. The Storm are playing at Amy Park. All right, so you've got your six stadium hubs. Uh, And as uh, Andrew Abdo says, it's a consolidated approach and it's a phased approach to venues. All right. So So can you drill down in that? Drill drill down on that for us? Not not really. It's consolidated Uh, and phased. Exactly. So Mm. I guess, yeah, uh, that probably just speaks to the corporates uh, in the community. Uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, I don't actually really know what it means. I don't really care either. Uh, look, the draw itself. Look, I sort of went through the uh, what I understand is sort of the Craig Bellamy lens that it doesn't matter who you got to play, you got to play someone every week, so you just get on with and, and play them. So I didn't really, I didn't really look too far into it. I, I sort of got a bit lost with some of the way things were reporting. Uh, they've what they've done is they've concentrated on on the derbies, you know. So you've got, I assume. Uh, local sort of derbies and rivalries. So you've got South and East playing twice. Uh, I assume you've got Cronulla and Saints playing a couple of times. You've got yeah. uh, the Highest Cowboys and, games. and Brisbane. Yeah, so they, they, they've gone via that and they've also gone through your talking point games, you know. So, for example, uh, Valentine Holmes uh, coming up against the Cronulla Sharks is going to be a bit of a talking point game, you know, so they've done that <laughs> twice. Oh, so uh, they're playing twice because of the media talking points it can generate. I assume so. Similarly to the... Uh, so the what West, you'd want to do, if you're smart, like between... I mean, it's, it's gone now, but if you were, say, the Tigers, which you are in many ways, you would have yes. tried to generate a few media stouches with the Titans in the, in the last couple of weeks. Well, that's right, <laughs> Just yeah. to see if you can get exactly. a couple of fixtures. Yeah, exactly. So I think, look, the Tigers have sort of got the, the double whammy on the derby and the, the talking point game where they're playing the Panthers, you know, because it is a bit of a, 
I guess, a local derby being in the West and also the Ivan Cleary sort of story there. So, I mean, it'll be in full swing then. Uh, and by and large, I don't think the Tigers have a good record against Penrith. Uh, I haven't had one for a long time, so that probably hurts us a little bit. But yeah, look, that's the draw. 18 straight games, you know, so people are starting to say it's going to be, you know, no origin period, no buy. So it's actually going to be a tougher sort of uh, draw than usual. So no, no sort of lulls mm. around the origin or around uh, around your buys. So, uh, you know, the fittest and the, the, the toughest sort of team physically and mentally uh, is going to win the comp if you listen to the experts on the programs. Right. Which and I have been it's... listening to. <laughs> of course. Um, like it just answer me in a couple of words. Like, what's your program consumption looking like? Is it dialing up with rugby league at the moment? Uh, it's starting to dial up a bit. Yeah, you know, like it's sort of yeah. probably dwindled a little bit. But now we're sort of getting into that sort of singular figure sort of territory. What are we? Seven days or eight days out now? Uh, once mm. you start to do that, you probably start to yeah dial in a little bit more. As it would Mate, be. who are the? Uh, just give us a rundown. You know, who are the real winners and losers out of a draw that sees everyone play every other team once? Yeah, and a couple drives. as I, you know, as I the, said, I, the winners and losers. Well, look, as I said, I took the Bellamy approach. You uh, didn't focus too much on it. I just figured you've, you've got to beat. You know, no such thing as an easy game in the NRL these days. Uh, hasn't been for a while since the salary cap uh, sort of era. They're saying that I think like the Chooks in Melbourne have lost out the most because like they're playing like yeah, obviously the Roosters have those rivalries against South, so that's a strong side. Uh, don't take it as red here, Pezza. Don't take it as red, but I think... I'm assuming there's two grand final replays, so the Storm will have to be playing the Raiders twice, uh, who are, again, obviously a good side. Uh, you know, so I think some of those those higher-ranked sides have probably might have been hit a little bit harder with it, but, you know, they're the top teams, so I'm sure... Mate, is there, is there you know... Look, I'm just aping what I'm hearing on SEN, you know, down here in, in Melbourne. Oh, okay. Victoria, down the coast here, actually. But, you know, is there an asterisk, you know, on this season? You know, if you're the Premier, is there an asterisk? I mean, let's say, for example, the Tigers take out the comp. Match McGuire mm. just nails the nails the situation. You know, they're fitter, they're tougher, they make fewer mistakes. They're completely the opposite to, to the Tigers that we've seen the last, um, let's say, decade plus uh so is there an asterisk if you if you win the comp this year or is it, it, it everything is even if not better yeah well we'll have to see how it all plays out but oh, i mate, mean it's not a press conference it's no, a no, no 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 you, you ask me a question you can't interrupt me when i ask uh give you the answer I just mean, like, I have to see what happens. Like, we don't even know if they're going to play 18 rounds straight yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, there could be a second wave of this thing and everyone gets shut down and okay. they end up... Hypothetically, well, no, well, if they finish the season then. Okay. All right. Mate, I could just as easily say I don't deal in hypotheticals like a lot of league people here, but I'm not going to do that. Well, and you're very welcome to do gonna that. give you probably, an answer. And it probably helps the show from the conflict perspective. Uh, the answer is no. I, no, I don't think there is. There's always something going on every year uh, that makes things a little bit different, like <laughs> a, a, a rule change. You know, like the first year <laughs> they brought in two referees, for example. You know, that probably I think that was that '09 that sort of led to Melbourne, and Melbourne won a comp when they treated the you know love the wrestle, you know, help them. So is there an asterisk there? You know, I'm sure there was a lot of stuff going back uh, throughout the years, in I guess you know wartime and depression and things like that. You know, I don't see asterisks, you know, throughout there. 
There's no asterisks really on the Newcastle <laughs> uh, sure comp of '97. Going on during wartime, I don't see asterisks. You know, so I just think it's another season. Uh, and, you know, this time, you know, the challenge was, you know, that they played 18 games in a row with no crowd. So I don't think there'll be an asterisk because it's still, it's still going to be a game of footy played by two teams, you know, on a, on a rectangular field. Uh, and, and the best team will win. As what happens every year is actually that's something else when, you know, you hear coaches whinging about whatever it might be, whether it's too many origin players or whatever. The, the best team <laughs> will like, actually always win the comp. Uh Nine and a half times out of ten. Okay. Give yourself a bit of wiggle room there as well. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> when we replay this at the end of the season and the Titans have won the comp, I said nine and a half. Tim, right, um, I said Justin Holbrook was always going to be a good coach there. We're talking about problem pro- programs. Uh, let's, go yes, into print, let's go into the print version of that with, are you interested? You've brought along a couple of pieces today just to, to see, you know, that they sit on the periphery of the game. Society, culture, etc. Hit me, you know. Ask me whether I'm interested. Okay, I will. All right. Well, I'm going to kick us off here uh, with a bit of stuff from Stick, actually. So this was on the Telegraph, uh, and it says Raiders unloved in NRL free-to-air TV schedule. Pezza, are you interested? I want to hear a bit more. Yeah, if Stick's talking, Stick, I, want hear, I, want Stick. What, I want to see what Stick says. Yeah. All right. Well, main the main the main quote out of Stick it. is Ricky is Ricky Sticky Stewart. We just affectionately yeah. call Stick. Yeah. You'd have to say he's almost close to a friend of the show. Anyway, he said Channel 9 doesn't... This is because I think the Raiders don't... Actually, don't even know the stat. They don't... They don't they've got like... They don't have a free-to-wear game until like the 10th round or something like that. They never have any free-to-wear games. Uh, and Ricky Stewart has said Channel 9 doesn't like the Canberra Raiders. I don't even think Channel 9 likes Rugby League. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, you know That's what I good. mean... If you don't like the Canberra Raiders, you don't like rugby league. I mean, even this, um, you know, it's felt like in this. Yeah, that's a good call. Age, like, even this blackened heart, you know, this author's blackened heart actually has quite a lot of love for the current Raiders and the way they, as they say down here, go about it. So I'm actually, I actually happen to be with Sick. Look, notwithstanding the fact that I'm sure Channel Nine just runs its business coldly and driven entirely by profit motive and probably has data to suggest that fewer people watch Canberra Raiders games. I don't know why fewer people watch the games because they're box office. Probably is probably the most box office team in rugby league and entertainment terms, in my view, than every other team in the competition. Yeah, that's right. But for whatever reason, it's not, it mustn't be kind of uh, channeling through to the punters. I don't know, mate, but good to see you. Or do you think it's possible that Hugh Marks just doesn't like the Raiders? Quite possibly. And possibly doesn't even like league if you if you believe Stuart. But that's good that you're interested. All right, next one here, Pezza. I've gone over to Fox Sports or Flog Sports, as we mentioned last week. Uh, the headline reads, three pop properties raided over $20,000 NRL betting scandal in Dally M Plunge. Are you interested? Look, look. Unless you've got some funny quip from this, I'm actually not that interested, believe it or not, in like a couple of actual punters making some coin over knowing that Bellamy was going to win. You know, like, I, I mean, I just think that this kind of stuff probably happens a fair bit, you know. Shrug your shoulders, betting scandal, Shrug- yeah, a bit of match yeah, fixing. Very, what, yeah. what, are you, what's, what are you sort of looking at for, for a league season? How many fixed games? Two, couple... 
Well, it depends. Yeah, like I, I mean, I'd, I'd click and probably go through the ads. You know, if if you're talking about you know deliberately missing goals and stuff like that on the field. But if we're talking it's to coach style, of the year, mate, this is coach of the year. Oh, look, Bellamy was look, Bellamy was actually at seven bucks. You know, it wasn't even the front yeah, runner. Yeah, that's right. A couple yeah, of guys yeah, got yeah. A, a couple of guys got a bit of a tip off and put it across a couple of accounts. And now yeah. the NRL's looking tough on match fixing or, or betting and stuff like that. Yeah. Any quips right from it? On. Anything good? Any any good old players or anything? Nah. No, you just basically had Bellamy in that Beetlejuice sort of jacket that was pretty funny. Uh, next okay. one, it comes from nine wide, the nine wide world of sports mm-hmm. that don't like league. Uh, Pezza, the headline reads, The moment Gaia, which is Mark Gaia, nearly punched Gould, which is Gus Gould. Are you interested? Are you interested in a bit of violence between Gus Gould and, and MG? Well, it's not that. It's just nearly... Like, I, I, like, I'm sure Mark Guy probably has thought about, like, it's probably felt like punching lots of people, judging by, you know, just, just the, the way he reacted on field with respect to the big man. Mm. And particularly with this the playing recipient. Days, playing days. And the, the, the alleged, you know, hypothetical recipient of the punch. It's not actually that shocking a headline to me. But you know, is it what I mean? I guess I want to know about the moment. Yeah, I want to know what. Well, they're the doing a bit of a video. They're, apparently, they're doing a video session in Penrith in whenever it would have been '91 or something like that. And I'm going to guess it's underwhelming. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, what's the they, don't, they, they don't fight. They, well, just you know, uh, Gus calls out something that MG like he was a bit lazy in defence or something, and MG just you know. Oh yeah, Gus says, you know, if you don't if you don't like what you're going to hear, see you later, you can go. And MG MG says on his own terms, "Righto, I am." And MG walks past Gus, doesn't hit him, uh, but just leaves. That's the end of it. Right. Next. You're on the fence there with that, just by the way. Um, how about this one, Pezza? Are you interested? The Irish powerhouse inspiring Seabold's Broncos selections. Are you interested? Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested for my own reasons. Seabold's coaching is it's become a bit of a... Uh, what, what would you call it? A, a, a topic Brentian? of discussion on the hill? Yeah, mm. you could call it that. Uh, so lessons learned from Irish rugby club Munster have inspired Brisbane coach Anthony Seabold to adopt a rotation policy uh, to nurse his young squad through at least 18 straight NRL games. Do you want me to continue? Yes, please. Uh, so Seabold says of Munster's, you know, um, tough rugby European schedule, the two teams that go all the way to the grand final played 21 and 22 weeks straight. So it's something we've never done because we have the bye. To get a play up for 21 or 22 weeks straight is physically and mentally very, very challenging. Uh, so there's an opportunity to rest a play for a weekend or two weeks later. Uh, rest another if they're looking fatigued. That's something we'll go for if we feel as we need to go that way. For us to be consistent and successful, we'll have to look at our whole squad, not just the 17 players each week. Still interested? Yeah. Oh, that's about it, mate. I mean, really, like, <laughs> um, I'm starting to lose interest here. He's just resting blokes. Like, it's nothing more yeah. or nothing less. Once the NRL gets up and running, I think the right thing for clubs and head coaches to look at is how we do get some footy for our team. Oh, they're talking about the fringe players here and stuff now. Uh, but that's good to see, Seabold, just with another sort of... It's kind of like, you know, like Seabold's like the guy that, um, you know, like writes the menus at a like a high end um, breakfast like cafe, 
that's you know um, talks about you know the the floral arrangements from um, X Y Z you know garnished with Lord knows what and really what mm. you've ordered is eggs on toast you know yeah, like he's right. just rotating blokes something that's been done probably twenty it's just bacon years. and eggs isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah and um, he's just said yeah but I've got this from a hipster Munster program that you guys wouldn't know that's right yeah yeah mm. yeah all Man, right yeah, well how about yeah. this one. Oh, sorry, you finished or? I'm finished, yeah, in more ways than one. Uh, how about this one? Gates open, question mark, storm working on plan to get fans back. This is from the Herald Sun down here in Melbourne. Pezza, are you interested? Very interested in uh, the uh, the idea of letting people in for free in sport. Uh, I don't, That's what's got uh, me in. Sorry to tell you, I don't think there's anything uh, for free. So uh, all that's saying here me. is, yeah, Plans are taking shape to bring crowds back to NRL matches at Amy Park this season, with Melbourne Storm hoping to be used as a test case. Now, that's the important uh, part there, a test case for the safe return of fans to sporting events. And then it basically goes on to say that, you know, Herald Sun can reveal that the Storm approached the Victorian government last week, but they've been the first professional sporting coach in the state to have small numbers. Uh, but yeah, the government has, has seen it as a test case before opening up the gates of the AFL. Now, how about yeah, this? Love that. How about this? Are you interested? Surely. Yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. What, do you, what, do you make, what do you make of the politics of that? Well, it's pretty straightforward. They're just saying, you know, send the leagueies in first. You know, send the, you know, <laughs> send send the, the leagueies unwashed, over the top. Send the unwashed <laughs> leagueies in, you know. Is the infantry, you know, no fucking armor or anything like that. Just, you know, yeah. just in your, your pair of jeans and, you know, Mark Lee, you know Gallipoli, a hammer get or something. You get, yeah. get going. Get through it. See how we go. And if you survive it, if you survive it, then the cavalry, you know, the AFL fans, you know, riding on their horses, you know, on their shields and their fucking armor from Paran or <laughs> Hawthorne or whatever, come through and take their seat at the MCG in safety. I mean, you know... But is it talk not about an example of like rugby warfare. league just beating Aussie rules to the punch and just you know preparing to go the extra mile, being more innovative? Won't the Aussie rules faithful be going, you know, Dan Andrews, why them first? Why not us? Well, yeah. I mean, would you be willing to do it, Pezza? You know, would you be willing would I be to be willing know? to go to Amy I'm willing. Park? I'm willing to go to Amy, you know. If it comes, you know, we've got to go and watch them in late September. The Tigers might even have a game down here. I haven't even checked that. Uh, would you be willing? Tigers or no Tigers? If we, you know, if, if the call gets put out, I've come and be say, a test case. Test, test case, save the AFL fans. Put yourself first or last as it would be. Mm. Are you going to march with me? Into into Amy Park. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get a few things right first. If it's any team other than the Tigers, less than zero chance. There was less than zero chance that I'd go if it was packed to see the Storm at Amy Park against any other team. But I have to say, although my family's taking extra precautions due to my wife being pregnant, etc., um, around health. Uh, should everything go okay with birth, touch wood, we're in September. Yeah, okay. You know, sure, the newborn is two, three weeks old and I should probably be at home. Uh, and I will be. But if you're offering me the opportunity to go see the Storm and the Tigers with maybe 150 other people as a test case and have a couple of beers, 
well, that's a that's an experience probably too good to pass up, particularly in terms of the sort of impact you could have on players vocally, and just also to watch your good self uh, in yeah. in fine form. You know, I usually right. I go to league when you're there for the show, um, and it is a show. Okay. So yeah. Well, good to have you on board. All right, Pezza. I've got uh, I basically got two more articles for you, mate. Righto. Can you deal with that? Yeah. Uh, this is from uh, the New South Wales Rugby uh, and the headline is "New Knights Culture Key to Landing Frizzell by Troy Whitaker. Are you interested? Nope. All right. Not not, not interested in the way Alex McKinnon's sort of working out the salary cap there. Aaron O'Brien introducing some cultural stuff. Tyson no. Frizzell, another origin. No. No. Would no. a voice a bit of def- a bit of a defence for what Nathan Brown said up there? He's been hung out to dry a little bit. Not interested. <laughs> Not interested. No, no. All right. Well, this is the last one. I don't have the full. I don't have the full uh, clip of this. Okay, and you might see where I'm going with this, but you know, this sort of came up in in a Facebook memory or something like that of eight years ago. Uh, it's sort oh. of linked to the Sydney Morning Herald right. uh, and Brad Walter. Right. Uh, I'll just say from there, are you interested, just as a starting point? Well, anything involving Brad... I'm interested in anything involving um, Brad Walter. All right. So what I've got here, and you said social media was right to be wor- yeah, to be sort of, you know, used in these situations. It just says that the headline at the top is, email to SMH journal Brad Walter from S. Perry circa 2008. <laughs> all I've got here, I couldn't pull the rest up, but all I've got here is, dear Brad, this is the first time I've emailed Sydney Morning Herald, R.E., any rugby league matter or sport matter. I just wanted to pick you up on a few player ratings uh, from round 16, which was from my memory, was the West Tigers versus New Zealand Warriors uh, at Leichhardt Oval. I'm not quite sure what my motivation is. That's all I've got. Can you, ca- can you carry us on here? Or uh, are you interested? I'm I can sure pull this up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've got this you know, in, yeah. If you can, if you can sort of get this well, out, I mean, uh, I think it's a good okay. little... I can... I can... Yeah, I just I, I don't want I don't want to bang on about this, but yeah, look, I, I suppose I'm interested. I, I was working at a place, uh, a legal publisher at the time. It was my sort of first job out of university, and um, it wasn't a job that jived with my personality, I, I believe. And I've I've since discovered <laughs> few few jobs do, um, which reflects more on me. And I think I just caught myself. Yeah, I just found myself, you know, passing the time by. Um, so, like through through seeing something in the paper that really disturbed me, and basically you and I had gone, and a couple of other people had gone to Leichhardt Oval. I think the previous weekend, and seen a game between the Tigers and the Warriors. The Tigers end up losing, I think, and uh, they drew it or something. Yeah, no, something. but anyway, it was a yeah. disgraceful match, and uh, it was a young centre three quarter called uh, Ben Teo, who's since gone on to become one of the great code hoppers. Uh, but um, or dual internationals is probably more respectful way of saying it, but he he was given 7 out of 10. And I took particular interest in Ben Teo that day, and I just want to read you probably the, the rest of what I wrote to Brad. I'm not sure Please what my motive, for, um, my motive is for emailing, but I hope you take what I'm about to say more as a heads up than anything deliberately sinister. This is, I'm, what would I be here? I mean, I'm not proud of this. I'd be 22 uh, writing this to a seasoned journal. I knew that you'd read this, so he's got to be taken with that in mind. Possibly sure hungover too, to be fair, because you're probably writing that on mm. the Monday. I'm sure you receive enough emails from idiots reflecting their own bias, so I'd just like to preface by saying I'm more uh-huh. of a concerned supporter than anything else, and I'll try to make my point as succinct and relevant as possible. It's about 13 paragraphs. Um, 
I was at the Tigers-Warriors game at Leichhardt and I'm completely bemused at some of the ratings you've given. I'm neither a Tigers nor Warriors supporter, but some of the numbers prescribed border on ridiculous. Just made the same point twice. After glancing at them, the only thing that I conclude from Ben Teo's rating of 7 out of 10 is that you haven't watched the game or you've merely looked at some highlights. Due to his inept display, Teo was actually taken from the field after 30 minutes and didn't return. He was hooked. No injury, just hooked. As I'm sure you know, the prevalence of this in the modern game is extremely rare given the importance of having 17 fit men to compete for 80 minutes. That Tim Sheens would opt to play with 16 than have Ben Teo on the paddock is testament to how poorly he played for the 30 minutes he was on the field. Further adding to my disbelief at this rating, Teo has even come out and said, personally, I don't know if I've played this bad dot 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 ever. Yet he receives 7 out of 10. This is in contrast to Dane Laurie, whom received a greater ovation upon his arrival onto the field than the whole starting side did for the commencement of the game. Yet that's neither here nor there. When on the field, Laurie made an immediate impact, immediate impact and was stinging in defence. Supporting this is the fact that he received the defensive player of the match for the Tigers at their after-match presentation, which you and I were at. We'll talk about later, I think. And was also given one point for his part in the match behind Taniela Tuaki, Tuiaki and Benji Marshall. It's with pleasure that I note you gave both these players the numbers they deserve. However, Laurie received 6 out of 10 and was therefore a judge by you to have not played as well as Tio! Exclamation mark. <laughs> now, I'm sure you don't have time to always give the most accurate appraisals of every player, but ratings such as this are startling given the facts. Further to this, the fact that Bronson Harrison was also given seven starts to ask the reader whether this game was indeed watched at all. Harrison ultimately missed the tackle that took the Warriors 12 points clear, and serious questions must be asked of his international status. He was extremely poor, I'm sure, by his own admission. I saw there's one paragraph to go. Should I keep cracking? Or is, is, is yeah, oh, well, you know, look, you've, got, you've come this far, I guess. We can publish it on the hill as well. Brad, is 7 out of 10 the standard rating for players who weren't noticed? I'm sure they are. It must be the didn't do anything outstanding, didn't do anything appreciably poor uh, rating. Fair play. The reason I'm somewhat overacting to this is because you're in an extremely impressive and influential position as a rugby league and, moreover, sports journalist. Whilst ratings such as this are more often than not glossed over by the general public, this is quite clearly sloppy journalism. All I can say is fuck it. All I can say is that I hope this sort of inaccuracy isn't produced when it comes to issues in the game of serious importance. I hope that credibility and accuracy are important values for you as a sports journalist. Fuck it And I haven't read this Keep going, years. keep going. And for the sports team as a whole, both rugby league and sport need these two values more than ever. And while this particular example is relatively trivial, it still can't be excused. Don't underestimate your readers. Some of us have grown up with the game and understand it fairly well. Cut the column if you're not going to treat it with respect. That was the best. That was the best bit. That was it for me. I always remember that. Cut the column. <laughs> oh, very good. Spend your time making a contribution to the fabric of the game, which is eroding at pace. Exactly. Start a podcast. Get on the hill, Brad. I I hope this email is received as constructive criticism rather than a personal attack. Fuck. Uh, I'm not sure what your protocol is on matters such as these, but please feel free to reply. I'd be more than happy to listen or even understand what reasons there may be for this issue. Regards, Sam Perry, publishing editor, litigation. <laughs> Outstanding. Oh, now, did you get a response? And it, did you get a response? No response from Brad. Um, yeah, a bit of a. Yeah, we were day. outraged that the, the Warriors beat the Tigers that day. They went on to make the preliminary final that year from eighth position. Yeah, under the old well, Peter McIntyre system. Probably for the Warriors, to be honest. Living life through the 1995 lens. Anyway, yeah. Um, thanks for indulging that 
everyone who's still with the show. Uh, but, um, yeah, gee, it's a bit overwritten, isn't it? Sparks, very quickly. I don't know people have been waiting for this. We'll push it a bit back in the show. But who would you rather be? Oh, all right. And this week, it up. Uh, it's a bit bit later in the show, Pezza, than usual. You know, my my routine's been thrown a little bit, but that's okay. We'll, we'll press we on. Be okay, okay. Uh, Sparks, this week, just a simple one. We we didn't have any requests this week, so okay. Sadly, so made this one made this one up in the bathroom. My first thought went to Jason Taylor because he was my, my hero. So we're not going to go with Jason Taylor, but we are going to go with the names Jason. Jason, who would you rather be, Sparks? Jason Smith or Jason Stevens? Mm, all right. Who would you well, rather look, be? Yeah, a, no, look, if you've been listening to any of the responses I've had of the Who Would You Rather Be section or segment of the show, uh, for this for this period of time, this season, or from a couple of years earlier when we did it, I said I'd never be a bloke to play for Canterbury. Now, what you've got to realise, Jason Smith debuted in 1990 for the Canterbury Bulldogs, played 62 games for them, scored four tries and a goal, 18 points. Probably only left Canterbury because of Super League reasons. You know, goes on to have a you know play play a number of games at Parramatta. You know, plays plays two seasons for the Canberra Raiders in a dark green, yeah, the dark green uh, Raiders jersey of those sort of early to mid two mm. thousands, dark mm. green with the black shorts. Is that good? Really do you want that? Do you want that? You want to be part of the? I Raiders want to play then? for the Raiders, but I don't know about the dark green. You, you'd almost say it's sort of Matthew Elliott. The it's Matthew Elliott. Um, Sparks. Yes. Probably the worst time to play for the Raiders of every year they've been in the top grade. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, yes. As far as glory, as far as glory years go, you know, uh, you know. So you've got. I, I understand you've got a bit of that stuff. You got some cowboy stuff. Uh, you got sort of thirty collective rep games for Queensland and Australia, but the Canterbury stuff just rules me out. So if you, you oh my god. And look, and you know that he's a guy like cut like from the cloth that I would have loved to have lived in you know, sort of ball playing back rows. You know that you know that's my guy, right? You know you know that you know you actually more than anyone know that that's my guy. Uh, you know, got some some forward sort of strength and muscle to him, but you know some great slider hands and ball playing and that sort of stuff. But look, Jason Stevens, you know debuts for the Dragons, I guess in about '92. Uh, I don't know if he played in both those grand finals. I know he definitely played in one of them, the, the Saints-Brisbane ones of 92-93. I don't think he played in... But I think he played in 93. Uh, and then has a, you know, has a, a, a really good career with Cronulla for 160-odd games, which was respectable. Played in some very good teams back when people liked Cronulla. Uh, I know when I liked Cronulla... Uh, you got your hand up? What's up? Yeah, mate, I just wanted some clarification for those who are listening. Uh, is this to say, like, you have such a fundamentalist opposition to anyone who played for Canterbury, right, that, like, you, you can't abide having a career that involves wearing that jersey or representing that club? I mean, there has to be a line that you draw there, right? Like, um... Probably, yeah, well... Yeah, it has but to be the like, only... like if I turned up and I said, you know, I don't, let, let's let's think of someone, you know, Terry Terry Lamb versus who, who's, who's someone who starts with Terry who played one game of first grade somewhere. What Terry or, Hill? Um, well, no, Terry pre- Terry Mesher. Was <laughs> <laughs> another, you know, Stephen Stephen Price or you know, we can't say Steve Gillies. Now I can't think of any player called Stephen. Um, what do you? What do you? Where are you? What I'm are just you trying to say? Like, just... is there any? 
any world in Who Would You Rather Be where you're going to Yeah, there's a couple of blokes. We've done this, you know. If you if you came and throw me up like Darren Tracy and Darren Senna, maybe I go to Senna, you know. Actually, I do go to Senna because he captained my club even though he started out at the Bulldogs. So that's a perfect example. I think we had McCracken here at one point, didn't we? We talked about Jared McCracken at some point. That might get me over the line, but I'm going to play 230 games for Saints and Cronulla, a lot of games for Australia, a bit of City New South Wales, a bit of New South Wales. I'm going to be Stevens, mate. I don't really want to be up front in the engine room like that, you know. but I guess I've got his body so I can sort of deal with it. It's a bit different. Uh, what about like Daryl yeah. Halligan versus you know Daryl Williams, for example? Daryl Williams, he knocked out Mark O'Neill in cold blood, mate. I'll never be Daryl Williams. I'll be Halligan. Well, he didn't play, but he did. Well, but he didn't play for Canterbury. Oh, well, Halligan there you did. go. That well, that's a different segment. You know, this is you know you've asked me about Stevens and Smith. I'm saying Stevens, Jason Stevens, mate. Yourself? Who do you think was a better footballer? Oh, well, I know who was a better footballer. <laughs> who do you think was a better footballer? I didn't say think. I know who was a better footballer. Very who? evident. You know who? Say it for the listeners. <laughs> Jason Smith. But. But. <laughs> who would you rather be? Sam. I, I just think there's a little bit more to this, and I'm looking looking forward to drilling down into it. There's okay. In Canterbury. Um, well, Jason. I mean, Jason Smith is a, is a far superior footballer. Jason Stevens, who is obviously a, a, an exceptional footballer in his own right, and he's represented uh, his state, he's represented his nation in Super League. I mean, I don't and his know. city. Don't forget his city. <laughs> I won't forget city. Uh, I can't say I'm overly enamoured with the clubs that Stevens played for either. To be fair, uh, yeah. Like well, Dra- Dragons, I'll show some respect, to, uh, but um, in in yeah, I'll show some respect to the Dragons. Hang on, can I? Okay, can I just ask? Can I just interrupt you for one second there? If you're yeah. alluding to not respecting the Sharks, understand why you wouldn't respect Sharks current day under Flanagan. I know Flanagan's not now, but under Flanagan, Ennis, Gallon, Peptides, whatever. I get that, but we're not talking that. We're talking Sharks. David Peachy, Matt Rogers, John Lane coaching and Preston Man, Campbell. I know, I know exactly you know, who that, yeah, that yeah, Sharks yeah. team was. Yeah, and you've got surely you have to think about them slightly differently. Surely, well, yeah. even just for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Come it's on, a, it was a better side. Yeah, better side then. Better side. More likable. More likable. You, you and you missed out Nathan Long and and uh, exactly you know, Nick Mitch Graham. Healy, I early think days. maybe. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fine. Good, good players. Still, a, a, and Steve-O, terrib- you know, terrible joint. Terrible joint. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Te- absolutely terrible joint. Terrible people. Uh, involved in the joint <laughs> unanimously, um, unilaterally, if you're involved in it at any level. I'll get out of all the Sharks fans. Sh- out get out of the Sharkies yeah. fans out there as well, you know. Uh, terrible, terrible club. But, but you um, know, Param- but Parramatta, on the other hand, but the Eels, the upstanding fine citizens of the Eels, coached by Brian Smith, full of Canterbury players, you, you, you're keen on being there, Jason, are you? Jason Smith is one of the, like, is. Just one of the great footballers. I mean, we had a conversation um, off air on Saturday night just talking about whether you'd rather be known as a good footballer or a good cricketer and what that defined as. Well, Jason Smith is a good footballer. I mean, you know, you could say he was great, really, but, like, he he was one of those guys in that era. They threw up a lot of them as well who, like... um, just ran between 6 and 13. Didn't really start off as a centre that much, but like one of those kind of strong guys who could mix it in the um, in the forwards and mix it in the backs. 
had mm. great ball playing skill, great skills with the ball in hand, but could also make a mountain of tackles and uh, you know mix it up with the tough boys as well. Fantastic. Played 15 games for Australia. Yeah, I'm very in that era, player. 95 to, a, to, to 2000. Smith. So versatile as well. I mean, think about all the guys who played six and 13 around that era. How difficult yeah, it would have been to exactly, get a gig, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, like no. Laurie, Laurie Daly later on, Greg Florimo did it, Brad Fittler did it, Jim Dimmick did it. They're all these great footballers, you know, that you respect. Greg, um, Cliffy Lyons, buddy. Mm. Tu- did you say Tuvi? Like. Tuvi. Oh, I'm talking about guys who played six and 13. You know? Oh, oh you say sorry, intertwining between so fitler yeah. guys like that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Sorry, uh, I was I was thought you were just running through uh five eights of that era. Apologies. Yeah. Well aware I, that Jeff Toon would have been extraordinary if you just revealed that you didn't understand what a fucking lock forward was, but um well, I just I, I just stopped it. listening to you for a second. Sorry, mate. Yeah, Keep that's going. That's all right. I'm, I'm, it's fair <laughs> enough, I have to say. But um Jason Stevens. What I think attra- might attract you about Jason Stevens is his clean cut image and maybe some of his decisions off the field as opposed to Jason Smith. So let me compare them off the field. Jason Smith, unfortunately, um, and I'm sure he's done a lot of other good things off the field, but he's um, convicted for trafficking cocaine, sentenced to jail for three years, um, but didn't go due to parole uh, reasons. Jason Stevens, committed Christian, uh, generally smiling presence. Now, has that attracted you to wanting his career? He's an actor. I think he's gone on to be an actor as well. Published has author. That att- has that attracted you to wanting his career over Jason Smith's, or is it purely because Jason Smith represented the Bulldogs? And did he not? You would have. No, Jason no, it's Smith. just Bulldogs. It's Bulldogs. It's the Bulldog stuff. Scratching your neck as you say that. All right, if you've uh, got a who would you rather be for us, please send it through if you are indeed still listening to this podcast 46 minutes in. Sparks, time for Tiger Corner. Cue the music. <laughs> Get it going, mate. Cue them up. Seven sleeps to go to the season starts. We're going to beat the Sharks. Looking forward to that game, Pezza. Now, look. In this sort of COVID period, pandemic, shutdown, no league times, uh, we've been running Tiger Corner differently. You know, a few listicles, top fives and things like that. And we've decided to take turns in what we do. Uh, tonight, it's your turn into, is, as to what I count down. Now, we have discussed this off air, uh, but you might as well just tell myself and the listeners what you want me to do. What would you like me to do? Out of, like all the things, I, out of all the things I could have done, you know, to, to sort of talk about the upcoming season and talk about anything West Tigers... Uh, as far as the top five goes, what have you decided to do? I'd like you to talk about your top five most personally disgraceful moments at Balmain Leagues, specifically after a Tigers match. Right. Uh, Balmain Tigers, Leagues Club, rest, God rest its soul, as you should say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, well, here's the thing, mate. Here's the thing. I couldn't actually come up with five. That's the problem. You know, it's like well, because we had plenty of times there. Like we had plenty of really good times. Uh, I mean, but to say that there were there were there were five disgraced moments. I mean, unless you've got, do you have them personally written down in front dis- of you? Or? Personally disgraceful. Mm. You know, something like well, that many people might think that's a disgrace. Well. I'm not sure. All right. I've, I've, look, I've tried this. I've tried this. I think it's a bit harsh. 
Um, look. Is it going to the bone a bit much? Oh, no, no. I know. Oh, look, I don't mind owning a mistake. Do you want me to soften right? the word from disgrace? Things are know, funny. To... Look, I've, I've gone through funny. I've gone with funny things, all right? And, um, oh, I have the beholder, probably, obviously. And a, a couple of them probably sort of lead to that word. Anyway, number five... You know what the funny thing is? Is that you feature in a, in almost all of these, mate. So, you know, I wouldn't... <laughs> no surprise. You know, it's a bit of an insight to, um, you know, how these things work. Uh, look, number five was just meeting Dane Laurie. That was just a good time. Like, I really enjoyed meeting Dane Laurie. Uh, that was also after that Warriors game. It's actually quite a few of these come after the Warriors game. It didn't end up in disgrace, you know. We just had a good chat to him. He told us the Warriors were soft. Uh, and that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Um, now I took a bit of creative license. I mean, we we talked about this last week, but I guess it's getting thrown out of Leichhardt Oval for uh, abusing Tom Waterhouse could be thrown in this this category. I'm happy to own that. I did that. That was pretty funny. And are we and and perhaps for the fans, maybe we want to maybe we want to reference the piece um, that 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 one of our will... um, humble listeners actually. No, I think we will. One of our humble listeners actually sent through to us, Chris Marsh. Thanks for writing in, Chris, um, who listened to the show and, and picked up the reference last week to this article and went and did a great job for all of us and found it. He wrote to us, new listener to the show this year and just had searched for Andrew Webster article reference in this week's episode. Assume this is it. If so, I wish there was footage of it. So let's um, let's go to the article in question, why don't we, just because people want to right. know. And Webster says, you know, the headline is Andrew Webster makes the case for Tom Waterhouse. Well, there's his first problem. He's a, I, actually, exactly. I, actually, I actually quite like Webby. Um, last Friday night at Leichhardt Oval, four blokes hung over the fence. Oh, hang on, hang on. Uh, March, 30, March 30, 2013. Yeah. Last Friday night at Leichhardt Oval, four blokes hung three. over the fence. Only three. Webster made his first mistake there anyway. Just let him write, mate. Let him, let him get the oh, story Oh, just out. let him write whatever he wants. Last Friday night at Leichhardt Oval, four blokes hung over the fence and hurled abuse at Tom Waterhouse just before he appeared on Channel 9's coverage of the Tigers-Eels game. One of the men was particularly out of line, and security had to eventually move them on. From excited anti-gambling senators to the Twittersphere to the fan on the hill, Waterhouse is copying it in the neck from all directions. His catchphrase, I know what punters want, has become a punchline, usually about him. And it goes on. Now, Tim, I guess my question... Here is um. You said last week, and you said this a few times that you were referred to as rugby league's great unwashed. Does he now not that, write that in there? There's no, there's I thought he wrote so, that in there. And, and now that's interesting that that word, that phrase, lodges in your head despite no one having ever said it to you. Are you sure? This, I mean, I don't have the. I just read it. I just did. You did you not listen to what I just said? I literally just read the opening. Was paragraph. that the whole article? No, that's the opening paragraph. That was, read that the whole the, article though. Doesn't he say something towards the end about, oh, maybe, you know, it's just someone like that makes money or something, rubs the great, you know, the rugby league unwashed the wrong way or something? I suspect the main problem is that he is Waterhouse. He's a Waterhouse. He comes from the big end of town. He's privately schooled, rounds his vows, says gosh instead of the F word, and he's telling the unwashed of rugby league why there you the go. Tigers there or Bunnies is. or there whoever will get the cash. There you go. Done. But that's yes, not. But didn't that's, rate it. He's not speaking specifically about you. He's not referring to you personally as Rugby League's Great Unwashed. Oh, well, I think he is when he's referencing, you know. Well, maybe he wasn't. Anyway. I'd say you'd wear that 
badge with a bit of pride. Anyway, uh, the second one, uh, I guess, you know, I don't know if this was disgrace, but I ran into, like, the CEO at the time after one of the, the, the games we lost at Leichhardt Oval, and I said... Who was the CEO of, at the time? Oh, yes. I'd say his name. All right, well, Steve Noyce. And I've actually, I'll tell you a story after this. No, uh, don't. And as he was walking past, I sort of just sort of verbally clipped him and said, oh, you know, thanks, thanks. And this was this was the Warriors game. I said, oh, thanks for thanks for a game against the Warriors, mate. And, it, you know, he's, he just, he bit back at me. He said, oh, well, what do you want? And I said, I was like, St. George, Manly, Paramount. I wanted to like, because it was at that time where we just felt extremely used up because, you know, uh, we just kept getting interstate sides uh, at the suburban grounds, which to be fair, we probably just understand now. We sort of did take that as going, yeah, actually that sort of makes sense. Yeah, uh, the administrators have convinced you. Huh. We, went on to, we went on to talk about it. Uh, all was going well with noise, actually, you know, uh, sort of discussed a few different things. And I still remember him saying, actually, you know, you know, everyone always comes up and talks to me about this, you know, and says, you know, you're the blokes that takes the games away from the suburban grounds. And he said, y- you're actually speaking to me, you know, in, in a way that not, you know, in a respectful manner that not many people do. Uh, and then, Misses. Uh, and then a bloke who is now heading up the New South Wales Rugby League came in and decided to His condescend name? me and it uh, doesn't matter. And his so name? You can do your, you can do oh, your no, own research I'll on that one. I'll say his name. His name's Dave Cotton. Uh, <laughs> He's a candidate for the um, next CEO of the, of the competition. He came in and talked down to me and condescended me and it, pretty, it escalated pretty quickly from there. Um, Dave Trodden was quite a confident uh, manager of our Point of and Grace side in two thousand uh, in, in uh, uh, under twenty ones. What three years before that? <laughs> um, yeah, look, but you know what? You know what happened? I actually, I actually went to the Legs Club a couple of weeks after that, a different game, and spoke to Dave Trodden. Uh, and you know, we sort of, you know, you know, I did sort of because I was because I don't know, I was having a beer with like the general manager of the Legs Club that night. And then Trodden came up. And anyway, I sort of apologised to him and he didn't really mind it. And actually, fast forward about 10 years later, I saw Steve Noyce at Campbelltown Leagues Club. Um, and me, a couple of the boys, who used to always, we always got stuck into him. Uh, we sort of went and apologised. Um, and he just laughed about it. And actually, I, I always had respect for him after that because you just sort of realise, yeah, it is just a footy club. And he really did. Uh, like the game not really and the club. really what you've apologised for. But anyway, go on. Oh, well, I just felt I was going on a bit. I mean, I, you know, it's... Well, why didn't you explain that in your moment of disgrace instead of just saying, oh, we had a bit of a chat, he condescended to me. That was it. Oh, Trodden. Hmm. What'd you well, say he to did. He was, Well, he was talking... Oh, what do you say that made you apologise? That's the, this is the, oh, that's the, that's the literal it crux wouldn't have of been good. this entertainment. I would have... I would have... It probably would have fallen into the line of verbal abuse. But well, give us but, give, 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 take a guess at the sort of thing you would have been saying to him as a young well, as a you, young. Bloke. I'm sure you. I'm sure you can take a guess. I'm sure the listeners can take a guess. But you know, all I will say to that is, is that I was having a very well mannered, uh, <laughs> constructive conversation with the then CEO, and then he came over, uh, and and decided to chime in, you know, and and be condescending. So it's one thing I don't like is sports administrators, uh, condescending me. Uh, the number so hang one. On. So, so just so I understand, you're having a pleasant. Co- your recollection of that night is that you've had a ple- you verbally clipped Steve Noyce and then immediately flipped into a pleasant conversation where he respected you for speaking yes. him face to face. The conversation is going pleasantly. Then Dave Trodden comes in, condescends to you, 
and then um all hell broke and then all and 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 then i can't really remember what happens but you were there mate you know what happened you were there mate i remember talking to dave trodden after the conversation saying um don't worry about him mate. he's just had a thousand it's fine you know, just my, just just me, PJ's manager. Oh um, yeah, right. Oh, just being the ever yeah, the just a couple, wouldn't, mate, back, a couple wouldn't of, back my mate up. Just you know, side couple with of white the, collars. Know, side <laughs> side with the <laughs> side <laughs> with the side with the businessman. You know, no, no, yeah, I don't, well, you, don't, you, don't back you up. You got to know which side your bread is buttered. You know, yeah, but, uh, exactly. All right, well that's a good then, story. And then a couple I, weeks later, you find yourself apologising to him. And that's the kind of person I am, mate. You know, and that's the kind of person I am, Pezza. Uh, number one, number one, and this was very funny. This was very funny. Uh, it must have been in 2006. I don't exactly remember when. Uh, it was in the evening. Uh, you and I were playing up somewhere around like the gaming facility. I don't know what we were doing in there. Uh, we might have been around those electronic horses. We're doing something. Some, we must have been doing that, being very silly. Uh, must have been after a game. We were then both asked to leave. Uh, I think it's probably on the back of myself, but as we're leaving, because it's 06 and we're the defending premiers, uh, Bambini League Club thought it was a good idea to keep the uh, the the Proven Summons trophy just in the foyer, like not in the <laughs> locked cabinet, like just in the foyer, just on a standing like table. Um, and so I went over <laughs> and and sort of held it. Um, and sort of raise it off the <laughs> raise it off the table, uh, saying we're the premiers, and you came over and got it as well. And uh, I don't know, I don't like we were sort this. of like we were ruffling, like we were like pretending to like ruffle like um, Arthur Summons' hair and stuff like that. Like on the, <laughs> I don't I'll never this. forget. I'll never forget. Like that his head was so heavy, like because it was what it was made out of. Like my my hand just like encapsulated it, and it just felt really heavy. Um, and then the guys, the guy, the security start blowing up at us going, get your hands off the trophy. What are you doing? To which we said, well, why on earth would you have it, uh, in the foyer, you know, unlocked, you know, what do you expect people to do? Um, (laughs) I just have absolutely zero recollection of this, but I like it. And, um, it happened. yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I, I'm not going to argue it. But um, and on 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 that note, um, rest in peace, Arthur Summers as well. Who, who, absolutely, um, absolutely, absolutely. Away Couldn't agree this more. Week, so um, one of the greats. Just, yeah, like like yeah. Like if you him, we gave we ruffled his head on the trophy, according to Sparks. According to Sparks. Out of respect, out of according, respect. Definitely according, happened, undoubtedly definitely to happened. a Sparks fantasy or dream, because yeah. yeah. I can't see how the Tigers are leaving the fucking. Proven summons trophy. These trophy just open at the Tigers Leagues Club. Mate, for, for that's why up. I remember it. Yeah, <laughs> but in, yeah, a small insult. Yeah, anyway, how good? I thought. Look, I thought that'd be a good way to leave it. As far as the list goes, we're back into the footy next week. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll start. You know, we'll start cutting our teeth into into what's going to happen with the West Tigers. But you know, a bit of a trip down memory lane and a few good times, eh, Pezza? All right, mate. Let's do your favourite segment, What Could Have Been. You announced it earlier today. We had a hell of a reaction online. Mm. Uh, so why don't you introduce it for the for the listeners out there? Well, look, I thought it was I thought it was apt that given that they'd announced that the Origin series would be played, you know, in November, I think it's like what? The seventh, the fourteenth, and the twenty first or something like that. 
we give it an origin theme, Pezza, today. You know, I thought it was apt, uh, given that. So I thought, you know, let's 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 put some heavyweights up. And what I came up with was uh, the nineteen ninety four New South Wales Blues up against the two thousand and nine Queensland Maroons up there in Lang Park. Give us I mean, some context. What a, what I mean, okay, and so really, yeah. I did, look, I just started. I thought '94 Blues, great side, and I tried to pick the best uh, Queensland side of that eight in a row kind of thing. And you know what I thought? I thought the best side always uh, had these two things. And you know what they were? One was Darren Lockyer at five eight, and two was Carmichael Hunt on the bench. I just thought that there was something very sure, special yeah. there. So, uh, look, that's what we that's what we did. We thought we would play so you didn't uh, pick, Queensland. Um, you didn't pick the Queensland side from Game Three at Suncorp that day or that evening. Oh, look, it was pretty close to it. Right, uh, it was pretty close to it. So, one to thirteen was the side, and then I think I might have swapped like Ben. Oh, I can't remember. There was a couple of guys on the bench. Shillington might have played. I thought Ben Hannett was a better player, so I threw him in. Really? And then Jesus. Shillington. Was and great then, player. and then uh, I just wanted Michael Crocker there because I really liked him as a bloke <laughs> and a player. Uh, and now so it's I a think, year two assignment again. <laughs> yeah, but no, no. But it was still based on like it was no, no, no. It was based on the games one to three. Like, it, I, do you know what I mean? Like, it's still a hypothetical. So look, we had it. We had it, and we had a great response. Oh, Israel you know, Falu here, yeah. I spelled that wrong, did I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, look, you know that that Queensland side is littered with lots of really good players. But as is the is the New South Wales side. You know what I didn't take creative license with is the New South Wales bench. The, the New South Wales bench once in nineteen ninety four was Brad Mackay, Chris Johns, Ken Nagus, and Dean Pay. That's pretty good. That's okay. I don't think it's especially Chris, good. Why would you have Chris Johns and Ken Nagus? You have a centre and a winger yeah, that's on what I your mean. bench. You mean, oh, you mean good because it's funny? Absolutely. It's hilarious. Like, that. how niche is that? Nagus didn't even get on the park, I think. You look at the video, uh, the, the, the photo I've got, they're all, like, cooked. Fittler's in a, um, with a shield, Fittler's in a Queensland jersey. Nagus is in a dressing gown. Anyway, look, some really good responses uh, in this. I mean, I think Sam McNeil took it a bit too seriously, but that's okay. We like that sort of passion here. Uh, yeah, I think he just got offended that I oh, put what's it going in, on in, here? This, uh, in, in, in Queensland. Oh, I haven't like, seen this. Was... It's just all sorts of stuff back and forth here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, if you've ever seen that movie, The Princess Bride, it's a basically, you know, the, the, it's a story, but the grandfather is reading the storybook to the grandson, and at some point, the grandson jumps out of bed and gets really excited, and he said, mate, it's, you're taking this very seriously, it's just a storybook, uh, and that's Columbo, is the grandfather saying that, I sort of feel like saying that to Sam, it's just a, it's just a story, mate, you're taking it a bit seriously, but, you know, we like that sort of passion here on the hill, don't we? Um... Because he basically said, "Well, he got so offended that he, that I thought New South Wales would win." I think he also said Queensland will win six all with a brawl. The well, best no, answer cha- with cha- no, no, hang on, you've misrepresented him here. That's that's a oh. that's rank misrepresentation. 
looking at the thread for those. It's a lot to keep I'm, up I'm reading with. What Mac is, I'm reading what Maccas is saying here, and I have to say I completely agree with him. So Maccas has said he's just, he's just he's done a bit of a joke to help kick this off. You're just denigrating him now for disagreeing with you, but he's trying. To, he's actually kicked off the thread by saying, I'm calling six all the biggest brawl of all time in the 65th minute, and the game gets abandoned. A bit of a laugh, a couple of likes yeah. off the back of that. You know, you said you like it, and then he's gone on I to do, say... I and did. And he's right to say so. Shit, I didn't see Suncorp in 2009. You've given them the home ground and year advantage. Surely the year should favour one team and the home ground the other. Queensland probably win it based on this new information. Sparks equals closet Queenslander. Now, let's leave the last bit out of that for a second. Benny goes on. Ben Shine can't see Queensland losing this at home. And Mac is, yeah, I'm a little annoyed now, as am I. That's three of us. Sparks, New South Wales what, had a great team. What are you annoyed coach. about? What? Had what to swing it around to Queensland. I was trying to I was trying to accentuate that the the I mean look mate it's Fiddler in the centres Daly Stewart Clyde and Roberts Lazarus Brasher at the back a left grade Qu- Queensland Queensland has a better site than New South Wales do you understand they that they might they yes. they, Queensland probably has about four immortals in that side look at the back line at look at the back Hodges Inglis <laughs> Boyd Slater that's a mate, they, they, they got immortals guys who either are or will be immortals Slater Inglis um, Lockyer, Thurston, then you've got Cameron Smith, you've got two of the best front, best front rowers of all time, Petro Sivanasiva and Steve Price. Matt Scott couldn't get a start. I put Costigan in over uh, Matt Scott. you got Israel Folau in the side as well, who probably goes on to have the similar career if he stays in the code. Uh Hodges, one of the great origin performers of all time. Same goes Darius Boyd. It's an impen- it's an unbelievable backline. Probably the best backline in origin history. In fact, comfortably the best backline in origin history. Led around by Cameron Smith. Where, I mean, where, where's 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 the where's the weakness? They're playing, and you've you've put them at fucking Lang Park for a decider. And and decider, New South yeah. Wales New South Wales have Chris Johns and Ken Nagus on the bench. Well, I always give the um, the winner to the to, to the best answer and also the reason giving. So this week it goes to Mark Nowicki. Uh, he's come in with New South Wales 18, Queensland 4. Why? Pack is so much better and they've got some weapons in the back line. Also, just look at the quality of the New South Wales bench. So this week's winner is Mark Nowicki and I, I couldn't agree with him more, uh, particularly off the back of that bench. So, hey, thanks for getting in touch, everyone that got involved in the segment. Um... And I think it's been a great segment, you know, so far, this what could have been. Uh, I guess the, the, the next question is, now that we're going to have footy next week, because it was basically in, in, in place of having games on that we sort of started that stuff, is, is do we keep up with the segment, Pezza? And I guess that's a, that's a discussion for you and I to have offline. Uh, but it's also a discussion for the listeners to have an, had to happen online, I would have thought. So uh, we, we're going to have some robust discussions around that over the next week. But, you know... If you enjoy sort of that 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 sort of what what could have been uh, segment, we can we can keep it going. <laughs> and with that, thanks for another tuning into another episode uh, of the Hill. Um, we'll soon be back doing this in person. Only a few weeks to go now. And um, thanks for thanks for sticking with us. We love our fans very much. And uh, some interviews coming up soon too. I should say. Catch you next week.